the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, on WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus. Sadbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kay Kaiser. Hi, uh, y'all. Well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard. And Jim Reed. And Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam. And greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as... This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of Familiar Carol. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. Good evening, I'm David Sherrill. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Rayleigh and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Garden Report. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF. Record Vault. Good morning to you. Tom Kearney here. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Some of the great voices that you've heard over the last uh, 99 years here on the 100th birthday coming up next year for WPTF. And uh, now this is. Uh, these voices are, are ones that I've been collecting, as it were, for, for uh, since not our 65th anniversary. Because we did a, a, a program on Sunday night with Tony Rigsby and, and Tom Kearney and me about the history of WPTF. It was a year-long series. And uh, we interviewed uh, a lot of people who have since left us. And uh, while the 50th anniversary, people like Carl Gertsch, were interviewed. Uh, Carl was uh, started State Magazine mm-hmm. uh, in the 1930s, and uh, he was a big part of WPTF staff in the 40s and 50s. And uh, a great man. 
Just so many people. We're, we are uh, going to, as I mentioned in the last hour, in the 100th anniversary, we've got a lot of things planned, and uh, among them we're going to interview some uh, those who are left, uh, like Mario O'Dell and uh, Charlie Gaddy. Uh, we're going to uh, do interviews with them, uh, so you can hear them next year, and uh, people for a long, long time, as long as WPTF is on the air, can uh, have have access to that, and I'm sure that we can uh, put that online, and people can can hear it. Reese Edwards, who was who preceded Don Shea as the sports anchor at, at Channel 11 back in the 60s, uh, was also uh, part of the Wolfpack Network. Uh, he took over when Bill Jackson passed away in 1974. He was there, and, and uh, Reese was a staff announcer for many years and uh, just a, a stellar human being. So we'll talk with him. Carl Venters, who was uh, president of Durham Life Broadcasting uh, for many, many years and brought WPTF-TV and um, QD of the rock station QDR, which later evolved into country. So uh, we have uh, several people. There are not many, many around who are, or you hear on that uh, montage of, of voices. Uh, so we're, we're glad they are preserved and uh, hope that we can can share that with you for a long time uh, you're listening to the weekend gardener on WPTF uh, we're talking about history and when we opened up the show we mentioned that that Fred and bells have been and I guess bells even before you bought the company were advertising with WPTF mm -hmm. Fred right. so uh, that's a long long relationship an historic relationship I might add, and, and I have been doing little uh, cut-ins with Mari, uh, I think, was probably the first, and then I started uh, alternating with him, and then right. uh, then the Weekend Gardener uh, came along, and, and you've been been doing this for forever, it seems like. I guess it does to you, too, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <I think> so. <laughs> well, you know what they say about time flies. <laughs> wow, it does. Yeah, so. so. Uh, folks need to come out, and uh, you, have, you have quite a quite a sale going on, Fred. Tell us about that. Well, it's our annual Memorial Weekend sale, and like I mentioned earlier, it's store wide, so uh, everything we have is on sale at our best prices uh, that we have uh, for anything. And by doing store wide, the customer doesn't have to worry about uh, you know finding a specific deal uh, <clears throat> so we just want to make all the products available and uh, you know we still uh, carpet is a, a big item for people we haven't talked that much about carpet because the hard surface and waterproof is still you know a big thing but carpet still is a great value for people uh, it's uh, it's soft it's comfortable it's sound absorbing uh, and it creates a surface with our technology, our forever clean technology and things like this, that people don't have to worry about spots or spills like uh, easy. Uh, we talked about the 10 the trends that people are seeing with the, with the technology of being able to clean uh, carpets easily, they're definitely going to lighter colors. But, uh, you know, and another thing to think about, if you have a smaller area, uh, a bedroom or things like that, a great way to do that at a very affordable price is uh, possibly a remnant uh, that 
would f work well for the room size or even an area rug. We make a lot of rugs uh, that people uh, are looking to do a, uh, another area. And one of the nice things about being able to do the rug, we can uh, create a size that works uh, better than uh, people trying to find rugs that factory made. You know, the problem is it's not going to be the right size for their area. <coughs> so by us making the rug, we can make the size that the customer is going to need. You have a display behind us that you've talked mm -hmm. about earlier in the show. Of, uh, tell us tell us what this represents. Well, the color wall, of course, besides representing all the uh, range of colors available, it uh, gives the customer an idea of the different feel of the texture, the different look of the texture, uh, and actually different price points. So depending on the color that may work best for them, they can decide do they like uh, uh, one type of look or feel, or do they like, uh, you know, maybe they have areas where they're not, uh, maybe not wanting to use the thickest uh, carpet available. They can save a little money by using a little bit different lighter weight. Uh, but uh, it's easy for them to compare, and although you can't see it, we can actually pull out little swatches so that people can take them home for them and look at the colors in their own lights. Uh, it's a very easy way to see the difference between different shades because people are often asking, well, you know, what's the hot new color? And it's not a matter of the hot new color. It's a matter of which color works best for, for your home and your decor. And by you being able to see that in your own light, uh, in in your home, it's going to give you a better idea of, of what it's going to look like when we put it on the floor. My kids and grandkids have had books over the years where they could feel different yeah. surfaces. Yeah. This is kind of the same yeah, idea. The same idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, I, and you can notice uh, the angle I'm sitting at that some of the pile is higher than the other. Right. Yeah. It's a different look of the texture. And, of course, it all look ones we have uh, contain their best technology in terms of maintenance so the customer doesn't have to worry about, well, if I go to a little lighter weight, is it going to clean as easy? Is it going to be easier to take care of? Or I, if I like this one a texture, I really like the soft feel of that. Does that mean it's not because it's soft, it's not going to perform? And the answer is no, it's not going to. And uh, we also talked about the uh, Forever Clean, the All Pet, uh, and the all pet, as I explained to people, and not all kinds of pets, but uh, it covers everything from nose to rear. No, no iguanas. No iguanas. Okay. Well, if people if people have iguanas, then <laughs> it still you, you can. Uh, it still falls under the all pet yeah. warranty. We need some some of Helen's green carpeting for that, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but what what's the most popular? shade color up here a well, lot of beiges and browns a lot of beiges and, and uh, lighter grays are, are ten uh, of things definitely as, as you look at the whole display the center part of the display is probably shows most of the popular colors but uh, that doesn't mean that people can't find you know like there's some really uh, warm tone colors that you don't see as often and there's also some really stunning dark uh, blue and gray colors yeah. uh, that create, you know, if people want to create a, a real statement, then I tell them that, you know, go to a darker, vibrant color because that's going to uh, be something that people are going to look at and say, wow, I never thought about using, you know, a color like that in my home. 
And if you <laughs> if you don't like to vacuum a lot, you can find a color that's a little more dirt colored. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, I mean that's that's available too. It I, used I, to be people would come in and say I, I need the North Carolina red clay color. For oh, that. oh, good idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fred, I've got a bone to pick with you. My wife will not let me climb the stairs in my work shoes <laughs> and that carpet that you put in there she says you are not going to mess that up wow so i think she's right <laughs> hey uh fred you were speaking about animals this is rhino tested yes yeah uh actually they did a promotion several years ago where uh they had a rhino in a habitat and he was in there for two weeks and they had it live streamed we could watch the video of it and actually rhinos do what rhinos do and they were on to show the uh, not, not only the uh, durability from that, but uh, so that was Rico the rhino. Uh, Mohawk has uh, been involved with a uh, rhino um, uh, area. It's out in Texas where they're protected, the white rhinos. Yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, they're still showing, but instead of one rhinos, they have two two-ton rhinos that are living on that to wow. show the durability but they put the lightest color possible on the floor uh, on the original test came back and cleaned it steam cleaned it with uh -huh. regular uh, floor cleaner and it came back to the original white color oh, wow. there was no staining Whoa. and uh, but uh, so part of uh, the proceeds uh, from uh, the Mohawk smart strand fiber uh, are used, donated to this uh, rhino uh, safety area uh, habitat. Very good. And uh, yeah, we've got a uh, yeah a little display out here, carpet that a two-ton rhino has walked on. So it's really well. I we, want that kind. Right. <laughs> it's really durable. And uh, the other thing, real quickly, about the smart strand fiber, we talk about. Uh, there's a great story I like to tell. It's uh, actually involved, uh, it's that about a third of it is renewable resource. And uh, so when Mohawk partnered with DuPont to create this, uh, the renewable part of the resource is actually a corn product that's grown especially for it. Corn gluten. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't affect the food supply or anything. Yeah. It's a special for this. And it's treated with a uh, enzyme process in Loudoun, Tennessee. Wow. And then they ship it down to uh, Kinston, North Carolina, where DuPont had a Dacron plant that was not being used. And they actually create the pellet form of the product, which is then shipped down to uh, Georgia, where it's turned into carpet. Mm -hmm. So it's a completely domestic product, uh, but it also is putting a lot of people to work that wouldn't have had a job. So uh, it's... Well, Fred, you, you just put together a mystery for me. I went out a moment ago and walked in, you have a goodness grows in North Carolina. Yeah. And that has to relate to what you just described. Yes, yes. How about that? Yeah. yeah. It's all part of the process that Mo Mohawk's involved with uh, a lot of the new things they're coming with are all going to be domestic North Carolina or uh, United States domestic oh, wow. products. So they're really pushing this idea for consumers to be aware of where the products are coming from, how they're made, and how this affects yeah. our economy. Well, Fred, thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again in, okay. in the last half hour. All right, good. All right. Thank Fred you. Gaines with us here at Bell's Carpets and. Uh,
We're in on Industrial Drive right behind Costco. Uh, Herb is with us, and James, well, Herb, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Good morning, Mike. Rufus, did I hear Pam? Uh, Pam is not here, but we have Amanda and Helen. Well, okay, great. Good morning, Amanda and Helen, and also Miss Ann, if she is listening. Yeah. <clears throat> Mike, I had uh, the conversation this morning took me to a lot of places. Uh, one was when I, I found out that there are a lot of people like me. When I was at the Palace of Versailles uh, back in October, I was very discreetly deadheading some of the flowers. <laughs> in the- oh. Uh-huh. Boy, if those French cops had gotten you. Yes, sir. And I got, them, got the seed, and right now, they're growing nicely, and I'm waiting for them to bloom a little bit later on in the fall. Wow! How about so you you got uh, you got seed from Versailles? That is true. That is true. When I first started doing this, uh, when my botany teacher took us to uh, the Brooklyn Garden, and the one thing that she told us, which is a little different than Rufus doing it, she said, "Now, when you want to get." some cutting or something from somebody, you're supposed to not tell them, because if you do, it'll make the cutting die. So, uh, oh, how about that? Did you, well, you didn't know that. No, I didn't. I've told some people and some people I haven't told about cuttings. Go. Huh. Uh, like the J.C. Ralston Arboretum. <laughs> so, uh, boy, it all comes out. I can I can see a lawsuit uh, right right now. Uh, but <laughs> so, so you you say cuttings? Did uh, what what flower were you, are you talking about at Versailles? I, I didn't do any cuttings at Versailles. I wasn't that bold. Uh, yeah, I was, I was just doing some uh, seeds from the Black Susans and Coriander. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, that very easy. Wait till a lot of people leave, and you're the only one. <laughs> uh, okay, buddy, you want to move along? <laughs> and you get in the car and you water it down, and there you go, with the cutting. I have a quick question, though, uh, and that is about I'm here, and I want to take a cutting. Uh, I know you are experts um, about uh, camellias. And I want to do a couple cuttings from my grandparents' camellia bush, which is probably 75 to 100 years old. And I can't layer it on the ground. It has to be a cutting. So uh, I need some advice on that. And you all have a fantastic weekend. It's a great day. What was the plant again on this? Camellia. Oh, camellia. Gosh, taking cuttings of camellia is really challenging. Um, You know, and you got to get it just at the right time, really... You're waiting to get it, um, you're waiting for that new growth to harden off just a little bit so it goes from green to kind of a brown green and you want it to be flexible enough that it's not like whipping around but you don't want it to be so rigid that it's, um, you know, hard and you get it at that stage and then you put it in a misting bench and I've seen the most successful Camellia propagation I've seen is it's, they stick it in almost pure perlite. That's the that's the white stuff, and it's in a misting bench. Um, but man, it's 
you know, your your success is it's really hard. I would definitely try rooting hormone, probably a yeah. a three percent IVA yeah. for sure, um, or whatever hormone in three, whichever brand you want to use, just a three percent rather than a two or a one. Um, and just be prepared for <laughs> not now, having. I, I, I scrape off a, about an inch on the bottom. Yes. Of of the the outside of the the limb, mm -hmm. and hit and miss. I yeah. I use Dixie cups. I was like all Dixie cups. All of it. And and about fifty percent of them work, and I think that's very good. That is very good. Mm -hmm. that, that's certainly unlike a Daphne. <laughs> Mike, could I make one more comment? Oh, absolutely, sir. Yeah, well, early on, there was a discussion about whether to skin a tomato or a peach or whatever. So okay. Here's what I have told people over the years, and that is uh, we peel our potatoes and throw the skins out to the hall, and we eat the rest of the potato. Well, <laughs> you look out there, and the pigs are fat and sassy. And the people are running around with runny noses. So that gives you an idea of how I feel about it. <laughs> you, no. you eat the peels of potatoes and tomatoes and, and whatnot. And well, Herb, let me tell you another little story. The largest sweet potato producer in North Carolina is a man named Bobby in Greene County. He takes the peels of sweet potatoes and makes a wonderful vodka. Out of the peeling. Oh, we're, see, we're back to vodka <laughs> again. No, nothing is wasted. And he says it's better than using the whole potato. Well, be be sure and, and tell Bobby about cleaning your your uh, floors with <laughs> with vodka and water. Not not that. Not not uh, not Green County vodka. That's that would be a waste. All right, bye bye. Thank you, Herb. Give our best to your mom. Uh, she's ninety five, still driving. So she's F wow. good for her. Still running Jamesville, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bye. That's uh, Professor James, a retired UNC professor. Uh, always glad to, to hear from, from Herb. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. want to answer when we come back Stan's question about um, he wants to plant a fall vegetable garden. He's been having trouble finding seeds that he wants and uh, also... Something about the uh, the maple trees, uh, and colors, so forth. We'll come back from uh, Bell's Carpets and talk more about that and, and other things gardening-wise and otherwise here on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we're back on WPTF at uh, Bell's Carpets and Floors Industrial Drive in Raleigh, right behind uh, Costco in Raleigh. And uh, we're going to get to Caroline and Meredith and Scott hopefully coming up uh, here. Uh, Stan had a question. Uh, he said a couple of things. Uh, I was thinking, of, uh, it, uh, is it too late to plant a fall vegetable garden? No. Uh, but he, he hadn't seen any fall plants for sale, and he, he's, uh, he says, where can I find vegetable seeds? I wanted to plant late cucumbers, but all the retailers pull all the seed packets after July. So uh, do y'all know any place? I, 
I guess, I don't know where Stan's from, but uh, somewhere in the area. Well, I, I'm not seized, but as Monica mentioned a moment ago. you use your microphone. Yeah. As, 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 as great an orator yeah, as you oh are. My God. As Monica mentioned a moment ago, I, I saw a whole section at the farmer's market on fall vegetables. All right. Everything you can think of. And so I don't know about seeds, but I know you can get any kind of fall vegetable uh, Out in the farmer's at the farmer's, farmer's area at the yeah. farmer's yeah. market. Okay, right. Stan. Well, uh, and, and I'll chime in there, too. So what does he mean by fall gardening? Does he mean fall gardening with warm season plants, or does he mean fall gardening with those cool season plants? Because really, I don't, I don't tend to recommend planting. We're in the beginning of September. It's a little late now in August. That's a great time to replant your tomatoes and your cucumbers and your peppers. But we're kind of getting, we're getting a little late in the year, and most of those things take about 60 to 80 days and we're pushing into frost time about then yeah. but this is the perfect weekend to put in your broccoli your cabbage your kale and a lot of um and a lot of retailers i know have been putting out on their facebooks this weekend that this is going to be you know this is going to be their big first retail push for for fall veggies so uh, maybe he didn't see him on Wednesday but if you go out there today there's going to be people selling you all, all right Stan yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked. So go out to the State Farmer's Market if it's convenient for you. Also, he says he's seeing uh, maple tree leaves turning colors, and he wants to, wants to know if it's too early. I, I, it's, it's not too early for me. I've been seeing that for, for years and years. Now, there's some stress involved, but maples are pretty pretty early uh, uh, color colorizers anyway. I mean, are we they, talking Japanese maples? or Just maples, maples yeah, regular, regular old maple trees out in the oh, landscape yeah. It's, yeah it's been tough year yeah, yeah. and i always there behind our station i always see the maples start to turn mm -hmm. orangey uh the, at least in their case very early yeah in fact at I, least by september i think that's the, a sign of the beginning of a meteor meteorological fall yeah which yeah, was yesterday yeah yeah and, yeah, and, uh, and they're the canaries in the coal mine for stress. I mean, they're going to be the first ones. Them and the tulip poplars and the river birches, those three plants, when you see them starting to leaf drop, yeah, you know you've had a stressful summer. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it's it's not too early. There's also, I can't think of the name of the tree. There's one in my neighborhood. It's a very large tree that turns red mm. this time of year. And I, uh, I've, I've asked the, the owner of the property before, and they've told me, but I cannot think of the, I don't think it's a real unusual tree. I've seen some of the sweet gums. There are some. some this is not a sweet gum. Some of them have done that. That would be yellow, wouldn't it? This I have seen red and purple have sweet you? gums. Yeah. Oh, Depends okay. on the stress and what's in the soil. They're oh, very okay. useful indicators. Very good. I'll find out and at any rate. Uh, Caroline is with us. Hope that helps, Dan. Caroline, good morning. Good morning. I have a, a question, a uh, tree question also, and it has to do with my nachos. Are you there? Yeah, your crepe myrtle. Uh, my nachos crepe myrtle that's parked on the side of my driveway. And it didn't flower as great this year. It's about mm, 20, 25 years old. But it has been dripping some sap on my car when I park over, park over there. And it's got this white almost salty looking um, residue that's on the bark of the tree. And, it's, mm. and it goes all mm. the way up. We're, we're all shaking our head, Caroline. 
There, there. What is affecting some of the crepe myrtles now? We're starting to hear, and, and we thought they were indestructible, but they're not now. Crepe myrtle bark scale. That oh. is a classic. That whole description that she just gave is classic crepe myrtle bark scale, and unfortunately. You know, besides it discoloring the trunk and causing that honeydew, it does decrease the health of the plant. And mm. we had a really stressful summer. We didn't yeah. have a lot of rain um, or consistent rain anyway. It was very hot for very prolonged periods of time. So, you know, when you have a stressed out tree, even though great myrtles are tough as nails, stressed out tree plus the this, this incidence of this new emerging invasive pest, the crepe myrtle bark scale, that mm. is a perfect storm. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, there are some there are some chemicals that people and I highly recommend her contacting the local cooperative extension office and contacting a tree service because there yeah, get are, a professional to do this because right. especially with the Natchez, that's a large tree. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. yes quite because large. you're going to have to the chemicals that you would if you chose to go that route have to be administered by a licensed professional. Yeah. So is this scale affecting the bark or, or the leaves or what? Well, there wasn't as many flowers this year on the tree. Yeah, um, but it, that was it, from the stress, I'm sure. It's okay, yeah. but it kind of um, it it emits a kind of a sticky film that comes on top of the car, and so I've got to move that or wash all that, and it comes off okay. It doesn't impact the car, but it's just a mess to look at because it does make your car look real dirty then. But um, so. Well, try a little vodka and water. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm For you, not the tree. Drinking, uh, <laughs> Bloody Mary's over there. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We're, we're going to find uh, use, uh, use for vodka and water for a lot of things there. But, yeah, I get a professional to, to come out, a, uh, a, an arborist. You know, somebody that has an arborist would be good. Okay. And how, when was the time of the year that this spray should be put on the tree? Yeah, Amanda? I mean, as soon as, no. so again, you, yeah, you really, what's ideal is getting it before the infestation gets this bad. So what you need to do, if you've seen it now, you do need to call that professional, get it diagnosed and properly identified, and get on a spray schedule. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is, is you probably might have an initial application this year, and usually there is an application um, early in the year, mid-time in the summertime, um, because this pest is active generally in the warmer months. Um, but this is a new thing for us here in North Carolina. Yeah. It's been in the country since about 2008, 2009. It was first found in Texas, mm -hmm. and it's just been slowly working its way up the East Coast. And just like the armadillo. Yeah. We, it's a little we got armadillo, armadillo, too. Not in yeah. the triangle, but not yet. What I hearing this is stressing me because I have hundred-year-old year crepe old. myrtles wow. uh -huh. and this year they bloomed late uh -huh. and I don't know whether it was the wind or the what but the blooms mostly dropped off of a couple of them right. which was very disturbing to me right. I would hate to lose no. any of those hundred-year-old crepe myrtles and I'm I'm now going to check very carefully yeah, yeah. it'll look First like thing. salt and it goes you know it's kind of like in clusters and uh, yeah. goes all the way up the bottom. scale is an insect Yes, and you're, you're, Mary, you're describing classic, classic symptoms. Um, that, that white, salty-looking stuff is the insect itself. And oh, unfortunately, wow. there's okay. a certain stage. Um, scale insects go through different life stages, and only during certain life stages can you actually effectively 
apply certain chemicals. Right. And so um, usually when they get to that kind of white, salty-looking stage, it's almost too late. They, they, they call them scales because they look like little scales on the tree, but the insect itself kind of seals itself off from mm-hmm. the outside environment to protect itself at that stage. So uh, um, I'm really sorry that you're going so through I, that. I guess yeah. I should check all of my crepe myrtles then. Right. And, yes. Uh, and tell your neighbors, to my neighbors too. Yeah. So. Uh, and, an, uh, and again, an arborist uh, would would be able to help you with, with this. Great. All right. Well, thank you for all Thank you, you so much for, oh, for calling us, Caroline. Good news. Please it's call again. Great day. Yeah, you just, too. Bye. It's a little bit of a bummer, isn't it? It's uh, Meredith uh, in, in Sanford Farmer's Market. Yeah. How are you? Hello, everybody. Good morning. Um, it's a beautiful day here at the Sanford Farmer's Market. I'm, I'm so happy to be on the call with y'all today. Yeah. Hey, did you know that uh, Amanda writes on the top of her hand? She takes a pen and writes notes on the top of her hand. I was I was going to give her a pad, but did you did you know that? I did actually. I'm, we're coworkers, so you know she's always jotting down important notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I, I didn't know. I just uh, I don't see people doing that very often, but uh, it, it's certainly practical. Yes, sir. You should use Absolutely. you should use uh, something that washes off easily. Well, I, I read that note and it said Rufus is sure handsome. <laughs> she just wrote that down. She just wrote that down. Hey, you can't lose your hand, you know? Well, at least not exactly. easily. Uh, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So I thought I'd get that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to say something. So, uh, Meredith, what's going on? Where is the, the farmer's market in Sanford? So uh, we're directly in downtown. Um, if anyone's familiar with Yarborough's ice cream, we are right across oh, the Oh, are you kidding? Them, so no, well, I'm, no, I'm more familiar with you. their cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can get lunch, you can get ice cream, um, and you can hop over to the Farmer's Market. We're open from 8.30 to noon on Saturdays from April to November. Um, and we're a seasonal market, and we hope as we grow that we'll become a year-round market. So we're literally right in the heart of downtown Sanford. Wow, y'all couldn't have picked a better place. There I know, right I know. It's, uh, it's definitely hard to use self, self-control when you're right across from Yarborough's. Yeah. yeah, they're in there <laughs> cooking right now. So uh, what what is uh, available there? Do you have uh, vegetables, fruits, uh, crafts, what? Yeah, all sorts of stuff. So we um, pride ourselves in being a market for all of our local farmers, our artisans, beekeepers, uh, bakers. So we have a little bit of everything. We've got all the different seasonal produce you're looking for this time of year. Um, we just got our acorn squashes and butternut squashes in, which I love. Those are some of my favorites fall veggies that are coming in we've got of course tomatoes and cucumbers um, those will be around for a little bit longer and we've got baked goods like cinnamon rolls we've got uh, different artisan bread sourdoughs microgreens all sorts of meat um, we recently got bison and goat and duck this year so we are really trying to branch out and getting as many different products as we can um, we so do you have the goats some- there or is this uh is this the uh, is this the goat we, meat? We do not have any live animals at the market. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were you were selling. If you had a uh, you had a little goat market there. Uh, uh, no, no, no geese, you know, huh? You know, no, goats really freak me out. Have. Anyway, have you noticed how they have uh, their their pupils and their eyes are kind of rectangular? Oh my goodness! Just freaks now, me out. I, now we know about Mike. Now we know. I wouldn't want to get into a staring contest with a goat. <laughs> I would not either. So uh, we've established that. That sounds. Uh, very eclectic. You, you have most everything there. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal is we want to be a market where you can get all your shopping done and you can connect with your local farmers and food entrepreneurs. Um, our farmers, especially our new and beginning farmers, um, their success a lot of times comes from building these connections in the community and the farmer's market is a great place for them to build that rapport with with their customers and to really get their business off to a good start. So a lot of new and beginning farmers will do very well if they start with a farmer's market to kind of get established. I have we never noticed new farmers. I have never noticed which street that Yarborough is on. I just know where it is. Uh, to, what is the street there? Yes, sir. It is off of McKeever Street. Um, so if you know downtown Sanford, there's Hill Street, there's Charlotte Avenue. We're in a parking lot, um, literally right across from Yarborough, but it's McKeever Street that is uh, the one okay. that is in between us and Yarborough. All right, very good. And and they can look up the. Yarboroughs and find the street number if they are using GPS or something uh, and, and find Yeah, y'all. it should come and up on Google Maps pretty easily. Now how, uh, how much of the year do y'all, are y'all out there? So we are um, out until uh, November 11th this year, so we operate every Saturday, rain or shine, unless there's a hurricane that blows through. We might have to cancel market if that happens. Um, but we operate till November 11th this year, and that's going to be um, the Holiday Artisan Market event. Uh, it is one of our biggest events of the year. Uh, we'll have over 100 vendors here in downtown, both artisans and farmers. So I highly recommend if folks are driving through Sanford uh, in November, the 11th is going to be a really big day for downtown. Meredith from the Sanford Farmers Market, and I hope you will call us again, Meredith. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on the air. Yeah. And uh, it was nice to uh, chat with um, Amanda, too, um, because uh, we work together. So she's she's great. She really is. Have a good time. I, I am uh, <laughs> so glad that she uh, has joined us uh, the last time, this time, and I hope for a long time. Yes, sir. And Meredith's been a wonderful, a wonderful co-worker. I'm so glad you and got Meredith, to today. Meredith, <laughs> you come up, come up with her sometime if you, if you can. We'll have both of you on. Yeah, yeah, during the off-season. Yeah, that <laughs> from, would be from the fun. Have a good yeah. time. Okay, yeah, you do that. And bring your boss. Awesome. We got enough mics. <laughs> oh, Lord. Bring, we had did Bill? You bring yeah, boss? bring Bill. Bring Bill. He initiated oh, all yes. this. He let me know about y'all. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll bring the whole gang. It'll be fun. All right, that'd be great. That'd be great. We love, love having f- folks up there. All right, Meredith, take care. Thank you. You too. Enjoy the day. Yes, ma'am. We're at uh, Bell's Carpets and Floors, Industrial Drive in Raleigh, right behind Costco. And Fred Gaines uh, with us. Well, it's been a quick three hours, as usual, Fred. But uh, uh, we want to summarize things. Um, first of all, you, you have a big sale. You always have had Memorial Day and Labor Day sales. Right. Yeah. Big deals. Yeah. Try to uh, have those opportunities uh, store-wide so that uh, we can give people the, our best prices possible and on all kinds of flooring so mm-hmm. obviously you know the name bells carpets and floors pretty much anything that goes on your floor uh we probably have the product uh and certainly the two biggest areas uh you know are the waterproof floors and of course carpet still is a huge item for us and with it being store-wide uh people can just come in and browse and know that they have the opportunity to not only get our best prices, but look at probably some of the best flooring they're going to be able to find anywhere. Do people buy wool carpeting? Wool is still a huge thing for us. You know, it's a natural fiber. Yeah. Uh, people love the uh, feel of it, love the durability of it, and uh, 
wool is uh, you know kind of a standard uh, traditional look that you don't find in as good as our synthetic fibers are and we have some that look pretty darn close to wool but we still can't duplicate that yeah yeah very much so and of course uh, the area rugs the the oriental rugs uh, uh, made from wool right and uh, you know we know all know how they're well made how long they last yes yeah so. and uh, that's a that's a, a part of the business that uh, you know has kind of gone away hopefully it will come back it is going to come back uh, actually uh, we've been told that uh, sometime uh, by the end of the year we'll have the capacity to go back to that rug business that had been a, a big part of ours Karistan uh, Karistan uh, among others oh wow that yeah. is that is really good news because yeah, there are a lot of people I love uh, well they ch yeah they changed uh, obviously those rugs were made up in Eden North Carolina right they closed that plant and moved uh, all the production to Georgia uh, and uh, it kind of went away from up from us for a while but it's now going to come back uh, and uh, so it's going to give us a different dimension a different capacity that we haven't had so uh, that'll be a big announcement once we uh, we know Fantastic. it we'll have it on our website well, keep, keep me informed oh about yeah that. yeah we're, we're very excited about that as we're excited about some of the other technology and uh, being able to combine fibers that here before they couldn't and they can create looks and durability and uh, we're excited and we've seen these and we expect to have those uh, actually within the next couple of months. Fantastic. Now you're open today. Uh, how Nine long? to five and then Monday we're, we'll be closed Sunday Monday nine to five again. Fantastic. And of course the other thing is people and I should always I forget to point this out the sale doesn't end because we always have time to follow do measurements things like that so we actually have a couple I think it's September 16th these sale prices uh, Very good. Will kind of expire, yeah. and you have remnants too. We of course all we have kinds, remnants, all yeah. sizes. Yeah, and uh, it's a great way for people to find an area they need and do it very inexpensively. Yeah, Fred, thank you so thank much. You. Uh, thank you for our long relationship, yeah. and uh, we've enjoyed it very much. Well, we look forward to uh, things in the future being better. Amen, okay. brother. Thank you, yeah, Fred James. Yes, sir. Uh, you too, Fred James. Of, uh, Bell's Carpets, Industrial Drive in Raleigh. You know, those uh, those bumpy, uneven roads that Raleigh's had for a while, like the Beltline, are going away because they're, they're paving up a storm. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're in an area where you do have this type of uh, problem, uh, it's going to be rough on your tires, your, your vehicles, suspension, uh, the whole car, but uh, certainly uh, the, the tires and, and suspension parts. It's a good idea to have your alignment checked at King's Auto Service get anything with a, a car any type of car check there except for the evs i think they haven't gotten into that yet but uh, dean bailey i'm sure at some point will probably do that he's such a smart guy this can be done uh, during a regular checkup and it's good to have checkups just like at your doctor have a checkup on your car regularly get the the tires rotated get everything checked uh, for uh, the the current the current season and the next season as it gets colder. Also, if you have a hybrid vehicle, they are, have certified hybrid technicians at King's that can diagnose and uh, give you all the available options for a high voltage battery pack should it go out. And they last a pretty long time, but they, they do uh, go out after a while. 
So Cole Kings on Monday, schedule a courtesy battery analysis. Get your regular 12-volt battery check, too, because they don't last as long as they used to. Kings Auto Service, easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and kingautomotive.net. Kings Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. Scott, uh, good morning. You're on WPTF. Yes, sir. I wanted to ask a question about um, I'm getting ready to fall seed of fescue lawn. I have a lot of moss. I have uh, shade and can you what's the best way to treat that and can you ever get rid of it? Did you say molds? Molds. Moss. All right. Well, that that require that's because of a lot of factors, Amanda. The acidity of the soil, um, the shade. Uh, fescue actually likes sunlight, but they it likes water too. So uh, you kind of have a, a good combination. We haven't had a lot of water. September is is according to the extension service is, is a good the best time to plant. Yes. But we've got to have some cooperation from a from Mother Nature unless we have an irrigation system. But first of all, you need a soil sample, right? Yes. Oh my goodness, yes. Please, 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 please get a soil sample um, before you sow or put anything on an area where you're going to do turf and even fescue. Um, and, and the thing about fescue, or the thing about moss is that um, usually it's indicating a few things that A, you got too much shade, but B, you've, um, there's, some, there's some soil issues that are conducive to, to moss growth that may not be conducive to your grass growth. And so there may, th- may be um, amendments that you need to add to the soil prior to sowing. That you need to aerate, those. too. Oh, my gosh, and please aerate. Yeah, it, soil compaction is a factor there, too. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So Scott, we lost Scott. I think he was on the road. He may have uh, just hung up so he could uh, listen. So continue if there's anything else that he should do. I think the, I think getting the soil test, making sure that uh, is it n- neutral? Should it be more neutral or? Uh, yeah, fescue, fescues tend to like the more 6.5 to 7 pH, no higher than 7.5. Um, they're, they're pretty tolerant, especially as long as you're getting them enough water. And once you once you drop that seed, you better be watering that thing. Keep absolutely. Keep soil uh, moisture because you, you can lose a beautiful stand of fescue if you just let it dry out even just a little bit. Right. So, so be diligent about that. Get soil tests. Uh, buy the right seed. I like white corals, and of course, of course, uh, soil compaction. Get aeration done uh, before you do. You you get uh, before you put down the seed. You may need uh, some uh, organic matter to uh, add to it. You'll certainly need some lime, and uh, the analysis that comes from the extension service will. We'll lay out uh, a lot of this. Also, uh, if you'll go to Turf Files uh, on on uh, the web, uh, NC State, uh, they can give you know you can get all the information you need there, including uh, Carolina lawns. And I and I want to add, Z says we got about ten seconds. Oh, make sure you go to Turf Files. Watch what what type of varieties you're getting from your seed because that can really make a huge difference. Rufus. Be the person your dog thinks you are. Absolutely. For, uh, j- uh, thank you. 
everybody for uh, for joining us this morning on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Jason, Jeff, uh, thank you, Fred, for having us out. We'll, we love you. We'll see you next week on the Weekend Gardener.